We are back from the United Nations, making it great. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting live from the HB5 studios right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always, but before we begin, let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right, I'm talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, but most of you probably know him best as the silver-tongued one, the man with the golden voice, 2016's honorable mention, AC Repairman of the Year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll, give it up on old mic number one, it's Mojo! I think, uh, I think Al, Weird Al's version of this is better. <laughs> <laughs> Amish Paradise. <laughs> I remember when that first came out, dude. I was all in love with that one. He's a gen- He'll either be considered a genius or a fool in the future. Mm. You think well, so? it is the future. What do you think it is? Because he's kind of past his prime. I, I don't know. He still could probably rock out a few. <laughs> I just got word from the home office that today yeah. is uh, Listener Appreciation Day. Oh, is it really? So uh, this episode is totally free. Okay. So We're, we're going to give it out 100% free for 100% this episode right. only. Yeah, this episode only. In That's the next fantastic. 2000, so. Speaking of uh, fan appreciation, can I give a shout-out to uh, – Tori, is it to- Tori Almond? Tori Almond from the Netherlands, yeah. reaching out to the show. Fantastic, thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. spread it. Spread the word. Spread yes, the love. Sir. <laughs> uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, like the episodes that you uh, like, share those, but also uh, give us a review and subscribe to our podcast through those channels, whatever aggregate that you use. Also, you can find us on Facebook at Southern Fry Philosophy. You can find us on the interwebs at southernfryphilosophy.com. and you can also find us at Twitter and Instagram at SFP Radio. Also, don't forget our YouTube page. <laughs> I keep forgetting <laughs> every week. <laughs> We've got like three subscribers, uh, it's, so that's it's fantastic. Well, it's, it's brand new. It is. So. It is brand new. You you forget about it, so I guess everybody else does too. We just got to promote that because you know yeah. it's just YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Well, buddy, I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week, Mojo. How you be darn? Well, um, I'm a. I'm going to go with a more serious, uh, more burns my biscuit. So okay. All right. Cam, uh, speaking to a friend of mine mm-hmm. um, who, uh, Schwabe yeah, oh, and his okay. wife, Laura, and yeah, yeah. They, they called me yesterday and told me, kind of gave me an update on one of their sons. Oh, no. He was being bullied. Uh-oh. And uh, actually broke his arm. What? At, at school. This is not the first incident, but the, this is actually the third. And uh, So anyway, by the coincidence, at the same time, I, I actually ran across an article um, written about gentleman by the name of Dan Bazant out of Idaho and he actually posted a Facebook post um, about his son okay his son is uh, has a uh, born with a a condition or whatever called Treacher's or Treacher Collins syndrome and basically what it does it kind of distorts the bones and production in utero okay so um, you know little disformities and things like that but a perfectly normal kid 
So uh, it's a rare syndrome. So it's a really rare syndrome. Okay. But anyway, so the the kid's been just he's eight years old. Mm. The kid's just been bullied, you know, all to hell. I mean, kid, kids old. kids throwing rocks at him. What? Uh, calling him a freak, had pushed him, and things like that. So no. his dad, his dad, like I said, his dad wrote a uh, pretty emotional um, post. I'm you know, not I'm not trying to poke fun. I just remember there was a movie at one point called Mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, is and and. I think I'm getting I, the image of something similar. Could to that. could could be something like that. Okay. I, I think that might be okay. Um, very similar. So, uh, but anyway, it's just it's gut wrenching to mm. to to see a father in pain because of his yeah. son, and yeah. um, that's just you think we're past that. This you know this is 2017, almost 18, and we, all the anti bullying campaigns that we've seen. Right, you would think that. Uh, Kids would maybe learn, or parents at least keep their kid, kids accountable. I mean, right. um, that's one thing I've always talked told my daughters that uh, you know, if I ever hear you bullying anybody, because I was bullied in, in you know a yeah. couple grades, seventh sure. grade, so I, I know how it feels. But um, here's a, here's this gentleman's post. It says my heart is in pieces right now. My soul feels like it's ripping from my chest. This beautiful young man, my son Jackson, has to endure a constant barrage of derogatory comments and ignorance like I've never witnessed. He's called ugly and freak and a monster on a daily basis by his peers in school. He talks about suicide. He's not quite eight. He says he has no friends and everyone hates him. Kids throw rocks at him and push him shouting these horrific words. Um, Please, please take a minute and imagine if this was your child. Take a minute to educate your children about special needs. Talk to them about compassion and love for our fellow man. His uh, condition is called Treacher treacher or Treacher uh, Collins. Maybe even look it up. He's endured horrific surgery multiple times, um, and he has more, uh, many more in the coming years. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I could go on, but please educate your children. So anyway, this thing's been shared wow. over eighty, almost ninety thousand times. It's been shared. And Holy cow! So, more than just a thumbs up and you know a like on the on the social medias. I mean, yeah. this is you know, it, my heart goes out to the guy. Just I mean, I, I can't imagine that kind of pain. You know, yeah. As adults, we can endure just about anything. Sure, but having a, an eight-year-old impressionable kid. Yeah. So. Yeah. You, yeah, like you said, you think by now we should with all all the bullying campaigns, yeah. it's one thing after another. They've even released the, they've even released those you know the the stupid eye icon, eye icon now that like if uh, you know people are swapping back photos of embarrassing embarrassing photos to, of other kids and stuff in school mm-hmm. that you know someone can. You know, put like an eye icon, which means I'm watching you. Some new social mm. media project. So interesting. Uh, you you just think, like I said, with yeah, with the change, the shift in compassion and normalization of people that we've had, in the, which is great, the progress. But sure. You know, obviously, it shows we have a still a long ways to go. Yeah. So anyway, my heart goes out to the kid. And, wow. And I've yeah. reached I reached out to the family. I'm sure they're being bombarded with sure with stuff. Yeah. And, um, but I reached out to them so if we can get them on the show to Very cool. talk about it. So anyway. Yeah. So how you be doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me follow that up with uh, a lot of funny humor. So we had a really, really great week. Uh, we finally got water into the cabin. Um, boy, that was that was quite a handle. <laughs> but uh, it finally happened, and I just want to say thanks uh, for, to Luther and uh, his folks from uh, U.S. Underground. Man, they really came through. They bored a hole all the way from the street all the way down to the cabin. So thanks, guys, for really uh, doing a fantastic job. If you need somebody to help bore a hole. I don't know how many times you're going to need to bore a hole, but if you need one, that's, you never that's the know. way to go. You remember that? <laughs> remember the old uh, uh, video games? That was a dig 'em or uh, uh, I don't remember. Do you that remember game. that? No. 
Maybe maybe the arcade across across the street will have it. <laughs> You're right. Oh, by the way, they are opening uh, September 29th. So Sweet. the basement, so it will be open here in Concord. So these things cool. are popping up everywhere, Pop and, I, and I love it. Yeah, it's like uh, vintage uh, arcades. Yeah, so <clears throat> go check out the basement too. Maybe we'll <laughs> one of these days the sponsors will start actually coming through. Cool. Um, so we had Sketch on the show last week. Uh, he he was in studio with us, my friend from Texas, and. Um, we had some really cool uh, time together. Uh, we got to do a couple cool things. We went to go check out uh, Southern Grace Distilleries and hang out with them. And um, got I to. I think you have a almost an office there now, don't you? <clears throat> I should be actually. I, I do have a, a really cool announcement. I can't I can't say it now. I think it'll be released later. But uh, something cool for the show that I'm I'm excited about cool. with Southern Grace. So um, they gave you your official sale. <laughs> just about. Um, but uh, I, I did find out that in November they are going to start to release their their bourbon called Conviction. Mm. So I'm really excited about that process. I think they uh, they posted that they are starting to bottle it this week. So nice, very cool. It'll be in stores by the holiday season. So we're are excited. Yeah, I saw about a that. picture of the on the, on the Facebooks today yeah. of their apple dumpling. Oh, so hey, buddy, that's some good stuff. Uh, then we checked out Commoners, our our friends from from over there, Commoners and Red Hill. We we tried those breweries, Cabo Fish Taco, and then they wanted to go to No Noda. I say, I say Noda. I, I do. I too. don't care. Everybody is like Noda. They yeah. add like fourteen extra A's to the end of it. We went to Noda, and I I saw a gentleman get out of the car, and he had on these shorts, and they were a little bit higher than normal shirts or shorts. Um, you know, kind of like what we wore in the eighties, you know, just mm-hmm. like those, but they had a little funky pattern on it or whatever. And, and the fashion expert that I am instantly knew what they were, um, by asking everybody else in the car, what the heck is up with those pants? Cause they, they looked a little funky. And, uh, Kim, who, uh, Jason's sketch's wife told me, Oh yeah, those are with a straight face. Those are chubbies. That was a brand. Yeah. Have you heard of these chubby pants? Yeah, I have seen them because just evidently uh, the Facebook ads think my, that those pants, <laughs> those shorts fit, fit the algorithm I like, you know. So they, how yeah. in the world are you getting those ads? I don't know. I, I get that, and uh, there's another underwear <laughs> ad that I get, something called Frigo. I get those. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh! So these uh, chubbies are shorter, normal, you know, like '80s shorts, right. but they're evidently like swimsuits and running shorts. Neither which you would expect the word chubby to come out of that. You know, like that's not a good name so for that. Basically brand. just a little bit longer version of banana hammock. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, buddy. <laughs> I was like, what the, What are those pants? Oh, chubbies. Wh- wait, what? We're yeah. just going to blow right past that? Um, so I thought that was interesting. And then Saturday we went to the South Carolina and uh, UK football game. Mm-hmm. Is the first experience uh, SEC tailgating that uh, Sketch has, has been part of, and man, that was insane. Did that, you guys bring stuff to tailgate, or just like pay to tailgate? Um, well, we didn't actually tailgate. We just we were. He was oh, just commenting around. about all the people that yeah. were tailgating. We went to uh, oh, what was it? It was uh, Paul Paulie's Paulie's front, front porch, porch yeah. yeah, for hamburgers there. Yeah. Not as good as I remembered. I'll tell you <laughs> that. <laughs> I think I think they got. I think they grew a little fast. After mm. the exposure on the Food Network, so, yeah, um, it wasn't I, as good. Yeah, the, there's several restaurants I could I could have suggested, but not <laughs> not in that many uh, that right. many vicinity where yeah. you guys were. Yeah, it was so. right there. So, 
Uh, and then we went to a speakeasy mm. that, that was close by, and we all had drinks there, but somehow uh, the the bill was only four, uh, $14. Hmm. I don't know how that happened. Hmm. But uh, anyway, so as we, we, we left there, took the Uber, which took you know, 30 minutes to go two miles. Sure. Um, to get there, we get out, we're going to our seats, and all of a sudden we see the cast from Live PD and they are, you know, directing people and, you know, checking bags and that kind of stuff. And I thought that was really cool. Uh, just the, you know, just so, regular cops. So basically, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> you sent me that picture. Right. And I was wondering, like, was did you go to, like, a, a vent for this thing or yeah. an event for the live PD? But evidently they were working. Yeah, they were working and people were just coming up and taking pictures with them and all that kind of stuff. Well, so maybe they, maybe somebody saw you uh, live. Maybe they were broadcasting it. <laughs> I, I did make them hold up a sticker, a that, Southern yeah. Fried sticker. So we'll put that up on the website. But I thought that was really cool. I had a good good time. You know, got to see well, those for the guys contest. You should have put it on the car, cop car. Yeah, well, I should have. I should have just like gave him good game and stuck it on his butt. Yeah, there you go. That would have been cool. Yeah. So Officer Lawrence, thanks for holding that up. And then uh, Kentucky beat South Carolina on a didn't see that happen uh, win. So I was really really excited about that. So well, that inspired the. Uh, the brawl in the parking lot, didn't it? You talk about a brawl. That was rough. Yeah, it, Y'all. Well, you know, my beloved state of South Carolina, my home state. <laughs> right. It's, uh, Columbia, Columbia uh, the Gamecocks have been known to fight a lot. So <laughs> sure. It's it's to be expected. So yeah. Just make sure you bring your brass knuckles if you're going to a Gamecock game. Yeah, evidently. <laughs> and can, so, can I ask where Gamecock came from? <clears throat> it's a rooster. Well, I, I understand um, that, but fighting. good gravy. Well, well you know, like uh, cockfighting. Sure. Right? That's all I can say. Yeah. Um, it was pretty big industry in a lot yeah. of the southern states. I mean, you know, it's, it's an a- agricultural state. And, yeah. And uh, so you guys have to work, just grab their pride, uh, prized uh, uh, game cock or <laughs> rooster or whatever, and they you know, actually, you know, put them in a waging pen and let there them roll. You go. So it just, you know, again, going back to the fact that we're in 2017, you would think that, you know, that second half of that word wouldn't be shouted out, you know, openly <laughs> and well, people rejoicing. Yeah, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. We had we had some good times. Uh, I think the highlight of my night was when uh, our Johnson went to the cock end zone. So I was proud of that. Well, there you go. Our, our quarterback is Steven Johnson. Quarterback, yeah. So that's what I meant. Yeah, clarify that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So Kentucky, three and zero, three and zero right now. Wow. We are going into Florida, which we have not won in thirty years. So this at at Lexington sold out crowd, seven thirty game. If they beat Florida, you never know. You never know. You never know. After that's East Mississippi or East, I'm sorry, uh, East Michigan, and then so that should be a win. And then we got another pretty easy game after that. So it should be six zero by our our bye. Yeah, they they may get the uh, special K cereal bowl or something like that. <laughs> Advance up into the ranks. So well, then after that, it's like Tennessee and uh, Louisville, and we got we got a bunch of Georgia yeah, t- at ten- Georgia. T- uh, look, Tennessee looks kind of weak this year. So yeah, yeah. Louisville, I mean, they got stomped on by Clemson. Oh man, did they get stomped? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I loved it. I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll you see. never know. Could be a could be a sleeper. People are uh, are already speculating. Um, undefeated, so I think I think that's a little <laughs> it's rough. A little bit of a stretch, maybe. But <laughs> Georgia yeah. at home. I don't think we're getting past you. Yeah, but um, anyway, so we had a great week. Um, had had fun time with that. So good. 
very cool. Yeah, you guys are posting pictures. I was like, man, they're ever, they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, we're all over the place. Tried to hit our sponsors and our, our friends of the show as much as we could. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a good time. So uh, we're going to go into Wacky News. We have got some fun, wacky news for you today. <clears throat> mm. Do you want to uh, to start it off, or are we gonna are you just gonna go? <sighs> you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we got a a woman dubbed the Mad Pooper is wanted for defecating in yards. This is from KKTV Channel Eleven. So here is the uh, their story. Well, this is new tonight. A family has had enough. They say a woman is defecating on their sidewalk near Briargate and Union in Colorado Springs. The family says they've caught her in the act twice now. Twice. They begged her to stop, but now Springs police are getting involved. 11 News reporter Spencer Wilson joins us live in the studio. And Spencer, this is Bring so gross. What is the family saying about how often this is happening? Elisa, according to the Buddy family, about once a week, they're what? getting all too familiar with the paper towels she wipes with and the <laughs> nasty surprises she leaves behind. No. We call her the mad paper fine freak. <laughs> Kathy Buddy and her family have had enough. And it's not like it's private. People can see you. I mean, we're seeing her. So. Pants around ankles in broad daylight. Her kids saw it happen first. They came screaming, you know, you're not going to believe this. They're like crying. It's like, what? And they're like, there's a lady taking a poop. And so I came outside. It's like, oh, dear goodness. <laughs> and so I was like, are you serious? Are you, are you really taking a poop right here in front of my kids? And she's like, yeah, sorry. Kathy says if that was it, there wouldn't be a problem. And so I thought for sure she's mortified. It was an accident. She'll go get a dog bag, come back, clean it up, sure. you know, and never run here ever again. You would think. Um, not the case. Kathy says the runner knows what she's doing and comes with napkins in her pockets. Mm. There's a bathroom across the street right here. Um, our park has porta potties. Um, there's a gas station right here. She's even working on an embarrassing smear campaign, <laughs> posting this sign to get her to cut the. Well, you know. Quick, because it's disgusting. I mean, bottom line is it's disgusting. Officers have asked Kathy to snap some pictures of the runner and get the word out, hoping she will stop before indecent exposure and public defecation charges. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society <laughs> to drop your trouser and relieve yourself right there when you know there's people around, especially. Mm. Kathy let me know she's had other people come forward and say that they have the same thing happening to them. They've seen that woman relieve herself outside of a Walgreens and in people's backyards. If you know who she is, police would love to hear from you. Lisa, back to you. Like it, That's really crappy. <laughs> I mean, hmm. first off, the lady being interviewed, the mother, yep. she is not from Colorado. She's a Southern no. Belle. You oh, can yeah. tell. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine that police call? Nine one one. What's your emergency? <laughs> well, I've got a lady uh, pooping in my front yard. P uh, pooping. Yeah, yeah. Laying the old <laughs> brown boa constrictor <laughs> in the front yard. Oh, oh my gosh, lady! I'm sure uh, I'd love to have that dispatched. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, that recording from nine one one dispatch would be awesome. Sam, you have a what? Boa constrictor. <laughs> What? I guess technically it was a bullet conflictor. 
Jeez. The thing, she, okay, so a couple of things on this story. One, she poops right outside of a CVS. Like, how hard is it to Walgreens. go? Walgreens. Walgreens. Yeah. To go into the Walgreens to take a dump. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all, I mean, come on. Or at least go in the Walgreens and take a right. dump. Like, you right, know, yeah, that's what I mean. Not in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> just, just choose an aisle. Clean up on aisle five. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I, I, obviously, uh, obviously, they could probably map out her crappy route. You okay, know, and, yeah, and who, target. Who is the? I need to go do a like bank heist in Colorado Springs <laughs> because clearly, if you can't catch somebody that's coming around every day, running around and doing the same thing over and over again, you're not going to catch a guy from Concord like going up and grabbing some cash. No, like for no. real. Police no. are asking. If you've seen this lady, like that's your job is to catch this lady. I wonder if the uh, when they asked for a description, they drew that the uh, Denny sausage. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that's what he's been carrying in his yeah, bag. That's right. Actually, it's the mad pooper, not the you know, is the Denny's mascot. <laughs> no, but uh, well what done. does this lady do? Like taking taking egg slacks or you know metamucil fiber the night before to get prepared for this? Yeah, I, I mean, don't. It, it, and if look, if running causes you to poop in somebody's yeah. yard, right? Have you thought about a treadmill? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. you're right there. Right. Just you know, put it right by your bathroom if that's a problem. But obviously, the, obviously, this lady's doing it intentionally. Oh sure. So yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, hmm, like you could avoid that. It, in the article, there is a bathroom right across the street. I mean, she's going to the Walgreens. Can't just yeah. walk in. Your fitness is not that important. Right, right. Plus, you brought paper towels. Right, you knew I, this I, was going to be an issue. But I would at least use toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. Paper towels ain't convenient. I mean, it's just like gravity. Just <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's pretty vile. So hopefully, they catch yeah. the mad pooper pretty hopefully. pretty uh, soon there in Colorado Springs. <laughs> what you got? Kindergartner suspended from school for allegedly making terroristic threats. Oh wow, they're they're getting them young, huh? Yeah. So uh, this comes out of Modesto. Um, the parents of a five-year-old boy in Modesto are upset that their son was suspended for a day after refusing to take off his backpack. Jackson Riley had told his teacher there was a bomb inside the backpack. Um, Jackson School, Great Valley Charter School, sent his parents a letter saying he was suspended for th- his intent to threaten, intimidate, and harass <laughs> others. School administrators later changed the letter to apply to a school code saying he's made terroristic th- threats. Are you kidding? But the code only applies to students in 4th through 12th grade. <laughs> um, Jackson's parents argue he's just five years old and playing around. Uh-huh. Uh, they say that the child really doesn't know what he means. And anyway, there was no sense in the uh, mm. suspension. So, Y'all. Um, Th- this falls in the same category of the, the kid that, Ate out the pop tart in the shape of the a gun. firearm, yeah. and then they suspended him. Yeah, are we are we that sensitive now? Yes, in our schools to where you have a five year old. I mean, I'm, I'm granted my five year old can play you know games and stuff on an iPad, but I don't sure. think she can search you know the Turner Diaries cookbook to making a bomb or whatever. <laughs> I, I, or right. the anarchist cookbook. I don't think she's can do that, but. The level of stupidity. These are people educating our kids, too. Right. So. Right. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. So that was uh, that was pretty stupid. <laughs> uh, here's an elderly woman. Uh, sorry, an elderly Houston area woman sues Red Lobster after getting drunk and breaking hip. 
you talk about uh, a title of a headline right there that pretty much sums up the entire article. Yeah. You're pretty much done right no there. No doubt. Um, a 82-year-old Harris County woman is suing Red Lobster, saying the seafood restaurant got her so drunk that she fell and broke her hip and arm in the parking lot. Uh, the suit filed in Harris County Monday says that the 113-pound Marlene Spencer had a point one or part point three one blood alcohol level when she walked out of the Red Lobster. Um, she fell, broke her hip, broke her arm, and hurt her head on the ground, the suit said. Um, also interesting to note that it is not the first time the Spencer or the residents of the senior living center across the street has been overserved at the restaurant, the suit says. Spencer's daughter has had multiple conversations with the Red Lobster management about overserving her mother, according to the lawsuit. Uh, so evidently, it's happy hour at four o'clock for uh, Mama to go over and her friends from Early Bunko. Bird. Early to Bird. Early Bird. Yeah, yeah. The drunken lobster lady. It, I mean, that's not what you should be doing. Oh, buddy, <laughs> y'all. Wow. We, this goes back to a bigger issue. This is a cultural problem. Mm. Is that we had now have the height of now 80, 80 year olds cannot take responsibility for their own <laughs> their own soberness or. Right. Uh, Whatever. I mean, who else? I mean, she's going to sue someone next because, I mean, that'd be like suing little Debbie because you made me fat. Well, listen, it's, it's me in the works right now. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? That, right. It's stupid. Yeah. Like, you have self-control and consciousness about yeah. how inebriated you are. Now, sure. Now, if she's getting up on the to- uh, top of a table and singing, you know. Happy uh, birthday. Happy birthday in her birthday suit. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. sure, maybe oh, maybe God. she uh, maybe she was overserved and she wasn't aware of it. Right. But this is a weekly thing, evidently. That these, <laughs> right. So obviously, it's not her first time. So we know this. But also, to shame on the daughter for right. having to go explain. Right. Maybe you should go with your mother then right. to Red Lobster and sure. navigate that. Yeah, or take her to an AA meeting. Or how about this? Maybe tell Mama to fill up on the Cheddar Bay biscuits. And, yeah. and put off which the are Long Island iced yeah. teas. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. Those LITs are kind of a kind of a. Intoxicating them. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. But how about them Cheddar Bay biscuits? Those are also equally as intoxicating. I usually just go and order a water and then just peruse the menu for two hours and (laughs) get a full of biscuits. So, uh, restaurant tier, sir, what makes those Cheddar Bay biscuits so delicious? Crack. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for playing. Um, So, yeah, I thought that that one was just mm, mama. Need to stop that. Oh, grandma. There's grandma again. Schnockered. (laughs) Schnockered on the schnapps. I'd like to know what her drink of choice is, though. That'd be. What do you think it is? I think it's it's Long Island. I'm gonna. It's go probably Long Island, or it's probably like uh, a like a white Zinfandel wine, or <laughs> that's old. Mm. Yeah, I mean something chilled, mm-hmm. or you know she might be a bourbon lady. It mm. all depends. So. I don't know. I think I think Mama in Houston's getting those Long Islands. I bet Mama probably has uh, a history in Houston. Oh, I bet. Yeah. What, how much would you love to see her arrest record right now? <laughs> this ain't her. This ain't her first rodeo. Yeah, I can right. guarantee you that. I see so. what you did there. Rodeo, <laughs> Texas, Houston. I got you. Next one: Firefighters called in to free a man's intimate body part from a gym weight. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Firefighters in Worms, Germany, responded to a call <laughs> about Worms. <laughs> responded to a call about a man stuck. Between a weight and a hard place Ooh. on September 15th. Now, this is few, uh, well, not just a few days ago. Uh, mm. According to according to the Facebook post from the fire department. Now, the fire department actually made a Facebook post. The victim uh, 
The victim, whose name has not yet been released, mm-hmm. got his genitals stuck in the center oh. circle of a two and a half gram uh, kilogram gym weight. So, mm. uh, two and a half is what about four pounds? Uh, I'm not on the metric I system, don't, so I don't, anyway. I don't know that. But uh, firefighters arrived at the local hospital to remove the rate uh, the weight around the man's sensitive body part. Mm. Uh, then they posted a picture of the uh, not the body part, but the weight that they had to. Anyway, oh, with a with the mm. help of a grinder. Not the not the ten, not the app. Uh, a saw <laughs> and a high. <laughs> you know, pointing that clarify out. that with the help of a grinder, <laughs> a saw, and a hydraulic tool, first responders were able to cut uh, to get the man's suffering body part out of the mm. way after nearly three hours of work. So, what all was involved again? Uh, the grinder, a grinder, a, a saw, and a hydraulic tool. I tell you what, all of those things could be. Needless mm-hmm. to say, I'm sure that uh, hopefully the guy does not do it again. I, I shouldn't say. How did won't. it get happen? How did it happen in the first place? That's he's that's probably he's probably one. doing those burpees, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably doing burpees, doing CrossFit, and all of a sudden, bam! It just you know kind of just slipped in just there. Fell in there. How so, about that? Uh, that or you know could have been like some. You know how, you know how the gyms are. They get real sweaty on the benches. Maybe he just slipped <laughs> he just off, slipped slipped off. right off, and bam, right there, keyhole it. So. <laughs> So I heard about this teabagging thing. <laughs> That's a separate side. But what would what would possess you as a man? What would possess you to do that? It, listen, probably all those Long Island iced teas that Mama's <laughs> been having. Well, this is Germany, so they might. I think they just started Oktoberfest. So oh, they, uh, that could that have been explains it. it right there. Oh my gosh. Um, one thing that I w- I do want to bring up is the thing that probably made me laugh the most. This entire week. Can I just go ahead and bring this in? This this is it, guys. The United States has great strength and patience. But if it is forced to defend itself or its allies, we will have no choice but to totally destroy North Korea. Rocket Man <laughs> is on a suicide mission for himself and for his regime. The United States is ready, willing, and able but hopefully, this will not be necessary. That's what the United Nations is all about. That's what the United Nations is for. Let's see how they do. It is time for North Korea to realize that the denuclearization nailed it is its only acceptable future. <laughs> The leader of the free world just called somebody Rocket Man. Can, can we not get behind that one? Well, hey, we can, <laughs> we can mark that for history. I don't know. If, did you listen to any speech besides that? Uh, I listened to a little bit more. Not it, a whole lot. It was. I tell you what, out of all his speeches, it's probably one of the best speeches he's given so It wasn't far. bad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't agree with a lot of stuff on it, but <laughs> and just because I don't want to annihilate another country. But, <laughs> right. Um, but Rocket but, Man. <laughs> That, they, that has gotten you, hasn't it? Oh, I just keep thinking of that hit that haircut, and then he just calls him out and say, Rocket Man. Dude, Kim Jong-un oh, has some bad hair. I can't awesome. I can't get enough of that. The fact that, and he's on Twitter just calling him Rocket yeah, Man like it's yeah. no big deal. I can't get enough. Maybe Elton, maybe Elton, Elton John, him, or him, they're friends, I think, so him and Elton John are friends. Trump and Elton John. Yeah, because I think I think Elton John played at his wedding. Weddings. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so. I see what he did there. Oh, but golly, come on, poor guy, Rocket Man. Rocket Man. 
Yeah, um, it was funny. He, he, you know, going back and listening to it, he messed up United Nations and then came back with United Nations. Yeah. And then the um, denuclearization, he paused there for a minute and it was just like, did I say that right? Mm-hmm. You could see the look in his face like, did I nail that? Well, you, you yeah, still have I the history it. of uh, George W. and his <laughs> nuclear. <laughs> right. yeah. Nuclear. Nuclear. Yeah, so, oh, man, that made me laugh so much. <laughs> Goodness. <clears throat> All right, so we are going to talk. Um, we have a uh, NFL update. Wow. Well, that ended abruptly. <clears throat> did not pre- did not see that coming. Uh, so, just a recap of last week. Mojo, you uh, picked New England to win. I picked New Orleans to to win, so therefore you beat me on that one. Uh, The other one, I did pick Miami over the Chargers, and you picked the Broncos over Dallas. So that gives us a total of you are up plus one this week, sir. Dallas looked pathetic. Yeah. Oh, man. So um, (laughs) I I had more yards walking to the bathroom this weekend than Ezekiel (laughs) Hill all games. Uh, but I will say, overall, the experts got three games wrong, uh, and at the most, I also got three games wrong. You got one game right, proving that the show knows more than the experts. <laughs> so there we go. So what's our what's our combined record? Do we have that? Um, I do not. Okay. I will bring that for next week. Yeah, just curious. Yeah, um, I think uh, we'll we'll get the combined next week. So let's go ahead and pull up for ne- this week. What do we what do we got the predictions for? All right, Thursday night's game is uh, L.A. Rams at San Francisco. Uh, ooh, I'm going to go with the Rams on that one. Yeah, I'll go with Rams also. Okay. Sundays, this is Sunday's games. Um, Baltimore at Jacksonville. Uh, Baltimore. Baltimore. Uh, Denver at Buffalo. Denver at Buffalo. Denver. 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 New Orleans at Carolina. This one's going to be a tough one, mm-hmm. I think. Um, Carolina didn't look all that hot. No, they only they scored three field goals. So yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go with I'm going to go with New Orleans. I'm going to go against the home team. I'm going to go with Carolina just because it is at home. Yep. Okay. Keep pounding. <laughs> this is a slogan. I'm pulling for you. I thought we were going back to that other story. <laughs> I'm sorry. Pittsburgh or Chicago. Uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, sh- Pittsburgh also. Chicago has – I don't know if they have a clue what they're doing this year. <laughs> uh, they're they're worried about who they're going to dress up as Halloween <laughs> for Halloween. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Atlanta at Detroit. Uh, I'm going Atlanta. I'm going the Dirty Bird Atlanta. Okay. Uh, we have Cleveland at uh, Indianapolis. I am going to go with – Indianapolis. We'll go with Cleveland because Kaiser looked pretty good. Okay. Tampa Bay at Minnesota. Uh, I like Tampa Bay. We'll go Tampa Bay also. Okay. Uh, Houston at New England. Uh, uh, that actually could be. It might be. It might. Uh, I'll still go New England. Yeah, me too. Miami at Jets. Uh, Miami. I'm going to go Miami. Uh, New York Giants at Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, Philly. Yeah, same. Uh, Seattle at Tennessee. Seattle. Tennessee. 
Cincinnati at Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay. Green Bay. Kansas City at LA Chargers. Ooh. Uh, Kansas City. KC. Yeah. Oakland at Washington. Oakland. Yeah, I'll go Oakland. And then the Monday night game is Dallas at Arizona. Dallas. Dallas. All right, so you have no love for Arizona, do you? I, well, I'm always going to pick whoever you know <laughs> plays them because I just Cardinals. So uh, you so far, New Orleans, Carolina will be a deciding game. Indianapolis, Cleveland, and Tennessee, and who is that? Who's playing? Uh, anyway, so that Seattle, game, Tennessee. Seattle, Seattle. So that'll be our deciding games for this week. <clears throat> Everything else we picked together. So right. maybe those three teams will tie. <laughs> Maybe. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have with us uh, Mario Javon Shaw of Profound Gentlemen, their organization here out of Charlotte. I was really hoping you were going to get the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, but that they were not. they were unavailable. They were back. Yeah. Okay. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back again, uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. Hey guys, it's me, Big Ain. Summer is made for grilling and chilling, and you too can be the baddest mother smoker on the block using our favorite award-winning smoking sauce. Bad Mother Smokers is perfect match for that favorite meat, veggies, or even that secret ingredient in a pot of chili. Check out badmothersmokers.com to place your order, and if you want to be a barbecue pit master like Mojo, enter the promo code MOJO for 10% off your order. Visit BadMotherSmokers.com or the sponsor section of our website at SouthernFriedPhilosophy.com. All right, welcome back to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Today we have on the line for our interview is uh, Mario Javon Shaw. He is with Profound Gentlemen. Uh, Profound Gentlemen is an organization here in Charlotte, and um, they are – actually, I'll let him kind of tell you a little bit, but the, thing, the exciting thing I kind of caught my attention was mm-hmm. you guys were named uh, thirty uh, top 30 – uh, under 30, I guess. So yeah. congratulations on that. And uh, so tell us a little bit about your organization, I guess. Yeah. So thank you for that. Um, yeah. We have uh, uh, Charlotte 30 and 30. And um, back in January, we actually uh, were Forbes 30 and 30 as well. So I'm oh, excited wow. to go to the Forbes conference um, next week. If nice. the, if because it's in Boston, so the nice. hurricane and stuff. So we don't know. Um, so I'm just on a radar right now. Luckily, I'll, <laughs> yeah, like I'm because uh, I'm not going to Memphis to hurricane, like you know, uh, sure, uh, I'll stay right here and re- remotely do it. But, um, but yeah, so profound gentlemen, um, we are uh, uh, we build communities of male educators of color who offer their profound additional impact on boys of color. Um, so basically, what that looks like is that we have communities all around the country. Um, that service male educators of color in four focus areas, character development, uh, purpose and professional growth, creating a mentor group for civic and community engagement. And so the cohorts are like 20 guys, and they're led by what we call an impact leader. Um, and again, an impact leader, they conduct one-on-one. So all of our educators have professional development plans, and then we also do quarterly professional um, development sessions. And so... We are in and locally we are in Atlanta, Charlotte, Chicago, Memphis, and DC. Wow. And then we and then we have an app that helps us to connect with gentlemen who are not in those cities. Like 
something like Timbuktu that like it would be hard to start a region there because there's not that many people there. <laughs> anyway, we could still support those male educators of color there. So that's the benefit of our program is that, um, but because of how we do it, uh, we're able to uh, connect with small communities, um, even like Shelby, North Carolina. I know that they mm-hmm. have have their uh, male educators of color on our app and, and involved in our organization. Um, like, no, we're not locally there, but we are still making an impact in that neighborhood. Good. Very cool. Now, I'm a white guy, and I know that we, we, <laughs> we have, you know, all nationalities, colors, creeds that listen to the show. So, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure some, you know, in the future when we release this episode, there will be some white person who goes, well, why aren't they including everyone? Well, obviously, there, obviously there's nothing wrong with dissecting out, you know, mm-hmm. and focusing. And, I mean, you'd have to be a – complete moron to not notice that there is a mm-hmm. huge disparity and gap in the black community especially with male role models in school mm-hmm. and also the uh i guess the, the education and dropout you know the recidivity rate out of high school is crazy so mm-hmm. uh, what why uh i guess what drove you in this passion because i i looked look at your college degrees and you could pretty much do anything you want so <laughs> why what, what what why did one morning you guys wake up and said you know what we got this. We're going to do this organization. You know, um, so I I had the luxury of having a lot of male educators of color. Um, well, not even a lot, but I had like three, which in, in a lot of people, that's like, it was, was literally say that, that, wow, like you're lucky that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the impact they had on my life. And then I also had, um, my father was in my life and I had uncles and everything like that. So I really had strong male role models and my dad was very much so a heavy influence they like told me that I could do anything um and so when I was teaching I, I actually taught seventh grade English and English language arts here in Charlotte North Carolina at Ranson Middle School hmm. and I did it for two years through the Teach for America program and it was during my second year that um I started a program called the Brotherhood and it was after like the Trayvon Martin shooters and everything like that and I wanted to start it because um I taught English language arts. So with English, a lot of like major topics, English and social studies, those humanities classes, like a lot of major social topics end up coming into the classroom. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that after that conversation, um, my boys of color in my classroom, they still had a lot of questions. They still were concerned. Definitely when we had a police shooting um, here, right in our backyard. And that was like, they were like, oh man, like, you know, how do I navigate the society as a, as a black man. And so I started this group to really support them and to help them to ask those questions that maybe they cannot ask in a classroom and for it to be more of like a sacred space. Um, it was during, the, during that, those conversations that they um, shared with me that I was their first black male teacher. And I was like, mm-hmm. really? And I didn't think about it. <laughs> and um, and they, they was like, yeah, and like we need more black male teachers. All of them said I was their first black male teacher. Wow. And so then... Um, and I had 11 of them in the program. And so I started to research this because they, they're the ones that's like, you need to, you need to go out here and get more black male teachers. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Um, so simultaneously, Teach for America, they were starting a program to support um, and to increase the percentage of, of black male teachers. They're literally less than 2%. There was wow. 2% black male teachers. Now there's less than 2%. So there's like 1% of black male teachers uh, teaching in the education profession. That's, that's, that's devastating, wow. right? That's yeah. shocking. Yeah. And so, and so um, 
we were doing a program to address that number. And all of a sudden, once I started to do that program, people started reaching out to me as an expert to talk about this subject. Hmm. And so I then said, well, let, now let's make it a nonprofit. And like, let's put it into action. Let's all of us, like, let's not just do all of the talk. Like, let's actually like really think about how can we, you know, put all of this into action. And hmm. we, um, my business partner, he was thinking about the same things. And that's what's crazy. <laughs> um, and so when we shared the idea, we was like, let's join um, forces and let's make this thing happen. And uh, three years later, this is our third year. We are growing strong, 100% retention in wow. our program. So we are able to retain. We are able to retain 100% of our guys this year. So 100% of them are back in education, making a huge impact. And what we believe in is not that we just keep them, but they come back in education, mm-hmm. um, ready to to work with kids, and we're better equipping them uh, uh, to to impact students. So it's like we don't want you to come back the same. We want you to yeah. come back even stronger and so males tend to be stubborn we're stubborn at heart <laughs> so it's crazy to try to get males to actually um become um <laughs> uh, to think that we have to grow stronger um but yeah I, and i also just want to even mention really quickly too that i agree with you um you know there i think that i think one of the things that we recognize in the black community is that there's not a platform to acknowledge the uh, positive male role models that are mm. that, that exist, and so our, our educators are in those communities as well. And so, profile gentlemen is a platform to highlight those things. And truth be told, once you really do really get into it, because um, there's a lot in the media. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of things that sway the media to you know where a lot of negative images of males of color are always on TV. Sure. Um, it will make it seem like there's nobody in their community there. <laughs> that are, that are uh, really, you know, making a positive impact. And so when you actually really, like, just spend uh, time and, like, talk to some of our students, it's really interesting because um, someone who, you know, you know, have a job, you know, just a quarter store or something like that is, can really just, you know, mentor um, uh, on boys of color. But the reason why we do it in education is because it's, it's illegal for, you, for your students to not go to school so <laughs> you have a captive so, audience yeah so that's why we like infuse this pipeline through the education system <laughs> nice well what a great system to to use that because yeah uh, for example like you said and i don't have statistics in front of me but yeah you know but what a perfect system because these kids do have to go to school right they see these male role models how many how many households that may not have a male role model and, that, and that's, I hope that's not an over general, generalization of everywhere, but uh-huh. these may be the this may be the only positive male in their life that they they come encounter with. I mean, yeah. like I, I can tell you that a handful of teachers that I still remember and the positive impact they had on my life. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. um, teachers have that unique ability to connect, and they have them 180 days a year if you show up every day. So. <laughs> and that is true. Um, when I was working with my um, with my student group when I was while I was teaching, the cool thing that I that I did was I intentionally um, brought in a lot of students from different backgrounds. I had a student who who uh, only lived with his dad. I had two students who were in um, uh, who were same sex households, so their both their their mom um, had wives and stuff. So they did want that positive male um, uh, influence. And mm-hmm. then I did have. Um, there was it was a majority number of, of my guys who did not have relationships with their father. So 
we have to be honest that he thinks that that, that does exist. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like majority of my guys did not have relationships relationships with their fathers. And so I think what is it, five years is it five years? No, it's uh three years later, because they're in eleventh grade now, three or four years later, since I taught them and I'm still in conversation with a lot of them. Still asking them how they're doing, their parents will reach out oh. to me and stuff. Um and the thing is, and then a lot and, and I would say this for just teachers in general. Um, when we have our students, they are our kids for life. And a lot of people say they are babies for life. Like, like <laughs> when they're in college, we're still reaching out to them. Um, so you'll see, you'll, you'll, you'll like definitely teach us to, who have that, um, that strong influence on their students and, and really understand what this means for students. Like, they'd be like, these are my babies for life. Like, yeah. and like they're not, even though they're not in my class, I'm going to go check up on them, you know? Right. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I'm four. I'm 40 years old, and I still keep in touch with my seventh grade science teacher. I Do mean, you really? Yeah. In fact, wow. we visited with her, and her husband. I mean, she had such a positive impact on my life and yeah. in a critical uh, developmental stage of my life that, you know, I we still keep in touch. Wow. So, yeah. So, how are you wow. seeing like all those 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 kids that you're impacting? Is that making a difference? Is it like statistically maybe how's that? How do you measure it? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah how do you measure it? So. We literally um, realized that um, while there are some schools that are doing some great, um, uh, they have great, they have great curriculum to make sure their students are instructionally and academic, academically prepared for college. We're really uh, missing the mark when it comes to social development, and so we created us mm-hmm. our own social emotional learning curriculum uh, specifically for boys of color. So we're able to gauge, like there may be an eighth grader who's operating. In, uh, uh, in a fifth grade level according to our social emotional learning rubric. So like we've been doing this for two years and talking to professors and stuff. And so this year we actually are piloting, piloting I always mess up that word, but this year we're piloting uh, the this uh, program and it is amazing. Um, we're finalizing a lot of pieces and stuff. So we don't quite have the, mm-hmm. the, um, the statistics yet but we're definitely going to be soon to get in. We, we partnered with UNCC's um, University of North Carolina, Charlotte, for those people who may be listening and don't live in Charlotte, but University of North Carolina, Charlotte. Uh, we partnered with their Urban Education Collaborative um, uh, uh, Department, and they're, do- they're going to be doing our evaluations now. So we're going to have professional evaluations so from an external source so that we're not skewing our own data. Right, right. <laughs> That's a good call. We wouldn't do that, but... But it's always good, uh, you know, to see how our organizations do from an external source. So we'll definitely have uh, that data uh, sure. next week, which is so cool. Mario, maybe talk about a uh, a story of somebody that you've really connected with that you've seen that program help turn around and maybe an example, like a real-life example. Yes. Um. So um, I always give the story about Vontae. Um, who was, who was one of my favorite guys in Profound Gym. I shouldn't have favorites, but I do. Uh, <laughs> and I even tell my students that. I'm like, yep, I got favorites. Like, <laughs> I won't tell you my favorites are, but um, sure. I do. So, um, Vante, it was at the end of his first year, and he was thinking about quitting um, education. I was like, why, why are you thinking about quitting? He's like, I don't know. Like, you know, I just feel like an urge in me to, like, quit and stuff. And I was like, really? And so, um, we met over lunch and we talked about it and he ended up, um, I, I asked him like, tell me about your home life. Like, tell me about who you are. Where did you grow up? 
his mom, due to um, just like situations that she dealt with, she would move from place to place. Hmm. She would really move from from one city to the next, and one state to the next, one apartment to the next. Every single year for his last, like I think he said, like twelve to to fourteen years, he's lived in like a different apartment or a different city. Hmm. Um, so he never had that stability. So when, so when he's in education, when he's teaching for a full year, right? The, his urge is that okay, what's next? Yeah. Because it, that it's always been ingrained in him that he does this thing for one year and he goes to the next. Mm. And so as soon as I revealed that to him, this guy starts crying. And I and I don't like to say I get a lot of males to cry, but I think like all <laughs> stuff, there's two things: it, when they laugh and when they cry, it means that they got it. But yeah. If it doesn't laugh or cry, show, that, that's the emotion that males show. So he started crying like I never, I never realized this that this is why. You know, I'm always trying to jump to everything. Mm. He is literally now in his third year of teaching today, and wow. now he's coaching other math teachers today uh, to be great. And so that's the impact that he's literally had on um, on education. But if, if he would have left if it wasn't for a profound gentleman to like really step in mm. and to literally say that um, uh, that that you know, that this is the reason why. So that's why we focus on character development um, as one of our focus areas mm -hmm. and, and then purpose and professional growth. We try to do them simultaneously, but sometimes we deal with fifth-year teachers who are struggling with uh, trying to understand why they have not gotten chosen to be assistant principal, and we literally have to let them know, they're like, you suck, you know? <laughs> 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 like, that's why, you know? <laughs> and... And they're like, really? And it, it take them two weeks. They don't respond. They start emails <laughs> in, our, in our phone calls for two weeks. And then they come back and say, you were right. Um, I, I needed somebody to tell me that. And, and mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest with you and your audience. You know, oftentimes, definitely with there with their being less than one, I mean, less than 2% of male educators of color in the profession, mm -hmm. um, we have this thing where in, in education where you're coached by someone. Mm -hmm. And majority of the coaches tend to be white women. And mm -hmm. so when they are coached by white women in and and sometimes they're and and we have actually had white women admit that sometimes they are they are intimidated to sometimes say certain things to to um to black male teachers on things that they maybe need to improve. Maybe mm. it, whether that is right or wrong that they're intimidated because obviously it affects the the uh, black or Latino male from growing. Mm -hmm. But they have admitted to that. And so with us coaching them. And looking like them, oftentimes another issue is that male educators of color they go into the education and education profession, and nobody looks like them, which is the reason why they leave. Yeah. And so, because our our staff members are black males and Latino males and look just like them, we can literally say, "You suck," you know, <laughs> and, and not be intimidated by yeah. with them because we look alike. You know what yeah. I mean? And they say, "Oh my God!" Like you know what I mean? Like, and um, and this is why also we're partnering with schools. And partner with these coaches where they could tell us stuff and we could work hand in hand with their uh, in-school coach to be able to say, okay, let's, let's figure out a plan of how to improve this, this guy's instruction mm -hmm. and how to improve what he's doing. And, and it's working. I love that. I love when we're partnering with schools to, and, and it does take a school to be vulnerable and say, Hey, I have all of these white women as coaches, you know, white women make up, you know, an overwhelming amount, of uh, uh overwhelming percentage of the education profession. So you you know we're 
we're never going to like move around that. And, that, and that's how we have to all work together yeah. and learn from each other. We all could bring something to the table. Sure. And um, it's really, it's really impactful when you see a school that does that well, when they all bring uh, great things to the table. So that's my story. <laughs> there you go. I usually bring dessert to the table, but that's about I it. I know. <laughs> and that's good too, because teachers are hungry. <laughs> I understand. What's been some of like the most difficult part of this whole journey for you so far? I, you know, honestly, um, we, so um, the realness of it is that when we got chosen, so we got chosen to, to um, we were only four months of our organization. And we were four months into our organization when um, Equine Green is this organization that seed funds other nonprofits. Mm-hmm. And we got seed funded through um, the Walton Family Foundation, $90,000, four months wow. into our organization. And so typically organizations go two years of planning, nonprofits go two years of planning before they ever go public with their nonprofits to say, hey, this is what, you know, we're doing. And mm-hmm. so we've literally had to make extreme, dramatic, necessary changes in the light of, in the limelight of, of, of all of our notoriety mm-hmm. and stuff. And we have... And the, and, and the truth is we have to understand what that looks like. And so I compare it to the analogy of fitting in my shoes. And so when I started, I was young. I was 20, 24, 25 years old. My business partner was 23, 24 years old. So we were like mm. young, you know. <laughs> so, sure. Yeah. And so we had we we had to learn our leadership styles first. And I could literally say that, like, it just this year, I have finally fit into my shoes. Like, wow. of, like three years later, like finally feeling comfortable, like okay, these shoes work. And so now, <laughs> and now it's time for post-op gentlemen to fit in issues. And so I think we're getting closer and closer for our organization to really fit into what people really think we are. And I think that's the truth. We've been able to, 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 um, you know, have the statistics out there and actually, you know, do the work. But we see even greater than what people are are are, are asking of us. Of us, they mm-hmm. ask for. Hey, if you want to see these numbers, I'm like, and we're like, we're going to have these numbers and these numbers that you didn't even think about because mm-hmm. you didn't know that this is actually, this issue affects the numbers you're actually asking for, wow. you know? That's and cool. so that's what we want to do. And we're getting closer and closer to that. So right now we're just giving them numbers that they want. <laughs> and so cool. we're going to, we're going to get to the place where we can, um, where we can actually give them even more and of what they even, what they're asking for. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, what uh, what's been one of the biggest rewards you you talked about uh, one of your pupils, but like what, what's been one of the biggest rewards for you? The biggest reward for me, um, there's two things. It's a selfish one and it's a non-selfish one. Okay, I'll take um, both. <laughs> so the biggest reward for me is to really honestly see our educators get it. You know, get it. Like I get text messages all the time to say, if it wasn't for you guys, I would have failed. Like I would have, mm-hmm. I would have been done with this. Um, that is the biggest reward right there for me. Um, and I just got one today. Um, nice. So I loved it. Yeah. And the selfish one. There's two of the selfish one. The selfish one is waking up every single day and being able to work out and then go to work. I think like that's the beautiful thing <laughs> <laughs> is that I can schedule my day like. I, I literally can schedule my day, um, and 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 I, we have board members and they serve as our bosses. But 
I get to wake up and say, <laughs> it's 7 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to go to the gym, and then I'll be done by 8.30 and get to the job at 9. You know what I mean? Nice. Uh, at 9.30. 10 o'clock. And so that, that to me is beautiful. And the other thing is I love I, when I fly, when we're flying, um, in, like I, I'm, I'm traveling all the time to our regions and, um, I don't take advantage of every time I fly. First, I love flying. I love being in the air. It's when I'm able to clear my mind, I guess the, the pressurized cabin, I don't know what it does to me. But it just clears my mind of everything. Um, and I just really think deeply and show gratitude um, to myself. Mm. And then uh, the best part about flying is flying into Charlotte. Every single time um, I look out that window and see the Charlotte skyline, because the lucky thing about flying into Charlotte is every, all of our one-ways show some form of, like, Charlotte. Mm. Um, and seeing that Charlotte skyline is just the most amazing thing i know i'm supposed to be here every single time i get like this excitement every mm. time every single time i land in charlotte um i get excited about where i'm current like then i'm currently here and then we're headquartered here and we're able to make this great impact in such an amazing city so i love it here but that that those are my two to three greatest uh <laughs> greatest accomplishments from the organization <laughs> standpoint Very cool. um just a another question. Um, why do you think? Why do you think that education is not a field that attracts many black men, and I probably even say women too. Yeah. Well, and and I would even say for men in general. I mean, um, even white men mm, struggle yeah. um, in percentage wise as well. Like the, I think the national percentage of males is hovering around that ten percent, either right. a little bit more, a little bit less, but. It's not that much um, when you're looking at even just male and general. Mm-hmm. I think, I think um, one, it's never, and when we survey our guys, it's never, it's never the salary. And it originally, everybody always think it's the, it's the salary. And mm-hmm. that's the reason why, why a lot of guys don't want to go in. It's really because they don't see themselves in, 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 the, in, in, in the classroom. Um, uh, education has con- always been a um, very feminized uh, position. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, kind of like, like nurses. Yeah, and so yeah, and so it's a lot of women, and even even when we think about, um, you know, the sixties and seventies, you know, when women, you know, uh, uh, even around the women's movement, when they were, you know, definitely even around working and and and, and stuff, it was always like they're going into teaching, right? And so uh, when they were going into uh, when, when women are going into teaching, it did it does make it. You know, oh, teaching is a job for women. Like nursing, same thing. Women mm-hmm. went into nursing, so women, women became nurses. Uh, they nursing department has done a great job at being able to diversify. I really forget sometimes that nurses are only women. Like they did a, they have done, and 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 I don't know if you've seen commercials out there as well. Uh, Grey's Anatomy definitely helped as well. All of the male nurses mm-hmm. <laughs> on that show as well. So, my so, wa- my and, wife agrees. Yeah. <laughs> And so, and so, um, the media, um, we're in profound gentlemen, we focus heavy on media, um, and, and even on our, on our website and on our Instagram page at profound gentlemen, we're always showing male educators of color happy. Our core values are love, authenticity, unity, growth mindset, hope, and serving leadership. And it spells out laughs because we want to see you laughing. We want to see you smiling. We want to see your teeth. And so, uh, (laughs) we understand that this, uh, this profession is hard. Is, is one of the hardest professions. It's like nursing. It's very hard. 
Um, it's a life or death situation, even with nursing. Same thing with education. We, and as educators, we consider it a life or death situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but there can be joy in what we do. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, education, um, you know, the joy factor is gone. And we have to bring in that joy. So we have our social media is crazy. And we're actually going to do a printed magazine in October uh, called Impact, where it just literally highlights male educators of color and what they're doing and not just the negative things. You know, oftentimes mm-hmm. in the media, we just see negative things that black and Latino males are doing. We want to actually show positive things. And like, what are you doing well? And if they want to see what's happening in the media and politics and stuff like that, like the negative things, like, you know, they could, there's another source for that. But I think like oftentimes we think that, that in order to attract attention, we always have to have such negative sources and negative mm-hmm. information um, in our, in our, um, in our content. And we don't have to do that. And so our, that's what, that's what we're doing. So I think the heavy thing is that they got to see themselves. They got to see themselves. Right. And, and that's the number one thing. The guys always say lack of visibility in mentorship. Now, I'm sure a lot of people may think that this is kind of sexist because <laughs> in this in, in environment mm-hmm. where everything is traded by genders and stuff like that. But I, I appreciate this just because I have two daughters and mm-hmm. I, I, whatever male comes to calling, I would like for them to be respectful for my daughters. So <laughs> and it all starts in the classroom. It, it's a lot of times it starts in the classroom how, how, and use this as a role model of the teacher. So I got to commend you on that. So that's, I guess, this yeah, is no, a high no, five. So I, I would even agree with that. So we, um, we kind of have these people called PG super solars, like how Oprah has our super solars. So we call them PG super solars in our organization where we select community members to really talk to our staff members to remind us, because obviously I'm, I'm not in every avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just, we just make sure that we, um, have staffers even have a yoga person come in uh, and they help with my, they help with mindfulness keep our mm. mind together we have mental health guy that comes in we have social justice um from Alvin jacobs and then we have our the the amazing powerful extremely well educated um aaron barksdale who is the principal at uh renaissance west uh, the new, it's a new school in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hmm. She comes and talks to our educators about women in education. And it's so important that, that we, we, in Profile Genome, we refuse, we literally refuse to have a male educator of color organization and doing well to support boys of color and, and, and really just dragging women down, like just hmm. really dragging them to the ground. Like we do not want that. Or males of color in our profession and they can't work with other people who don't look like them. And so Barksdale, she comes in all the time and we do book reviews and we talk about what is it that we're, you know what I mean? What, what is it? Some of the barriers that we are facing and we're, we, we uh, end up um, um, uh, uh, sharing scenarios that we experienced and what we should have done differently. And we create a vulnerable space so that when we're supporting our educators and they come to us with, I don't like her because she done this and, and, and you know, she's a leader. And, and, and sometimes I'll be honest, you know, they will say that they can say the D word because she's a strong leader and stuff. And we always associate strong women leaders, as, you know, we, we call it a B word when we do that. And, and that's inappropriate. You know what I mean? Like that. And so we definitely in our organization, challenge those thoughts and challenge mm. um those mindsets and 
again, we're dealing with males and the most stubborn uh, species in, um, <laughs> in on the planet. I got you. I got uh, you. <laughs> and so, and so, it takes time, but we move with a sense of uh, we move with a sense of urgency on that because women uh, don't have time for males to continue to to uh, 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 use their misogynistic ways to to uh, advance in different positions and to overpower them. We can't do that. <laughs> right. So yeah. if somebody wants to get a hold of you or like become a profile profound gentleman or like maybe give to the give to the organization, where can they do that at? Yeah, so definitely go to profoundgentleman.org um, and visit our website. It's a, uh, we would love for people who are not male educators of color to become uh, friends of PG, which uh, we have different volunteer opportunities. Um, and even if you just want to just like continue to just stay up to date with what we're doing. Uh, we send out a monthly newsletter, so our, um, you know, you're able to stay up to date on on all of the cool things we're doing, and then uh, you're able to find us on Instagram and Facebook uh, at Profound Gentleman, and then on Twitter it is PG Educators. Very cool. Wow. I was a little worried when Mojo gave me the the person that was going to be on the show, and he told me to 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 Google it. I was worried it was going to be a male entertainment or escort <laughs> service. <laughs> Yes, because of the name. Yes. <laughs> totally no, different than what I was going That's to. the .net, not the oh, .org. Oh, the .net. Gotcha. <laughs> that's the difference. Okay, Lord Jesus. And the, <laughs> and, oh, Lord. and the crazy part, though, about this is that we have to be so careful at some <laughs> sure. of like, our, our words. Because we were, uh, like, this is a funny thing, too, because we were uh, going to be calling, we were going to call our book club. The Gentleman's Club. And obviously, <laughs> that was not going to work. No. Like, that could not work. <laughs> so, we were like, ah, let's go that back in. So, it is always, like, certain things that, that like, because of our name, that we have to be very sure, careful. Sure. Um, <laughs> My wife yeah. got really excited when you were going to be on the show. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Yes, and I appreciate you just allowing us to be on your platform and sharing uh, what we're doing. So thank yeah, you I'd like, yeah, I think, uh, I think, uh, and like I said, I'd like to take you out to lunch and uh, maybe yes. continue the discussion a little further because I'd like to, I'd like to break your mind on some things just because I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would love. Yeah, to just because you know, uh, this is how we solve problems is by mm-hmm. communication. Yeah. So, and yep. communication and education. So I. I'm all for it. So. Yes, let's do it. All right. Mario, we also have another game that we play. It's called 10 and 1, where I'm going to try to ask you 10 questions and see if you can get it under a minute. Would you be able to play? Yes. Okay. All right. Now, it's only under a minute, so let's see if we can get it. I'm pulling okay. for you. All right, here we go. You ready? Yes. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen or Gentlemen's Agreement? League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Favorite cinnamon synonym for profound? Oh, God, like additional, always. What was your favorite subject in school? Math. What's the best meal you've ever ate? Um, Red Lobster Cheddar Bay Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about that. Uh, most inspiring book you've ever read? Um, you're a badass. Uh, last TV show you binge-watched? Game of Thrones, I'm doing that now. School of Hard Knocks or School of Rock? School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> <laughs> what was the happiest day of your life? When I graduated from, from college, undergrad. All right. Better teacher, Mr. Feeney or Walter White? <laughs> Last question is What is your spirit food? People have a spirit animal that they identify with. What is your spirit food? 
Mine has to be. I'm, I'm thinking tomato. Whoa! I've you never. We've had a 48 episode or 49 <laughs> episodes now. We've never had anyone say tomato. Okay, you get a timeout. Why? Do, why a tomato? Because tomatoes are. So I'm, I have a garden, and so they are one of the hardest things right now. Like I'm one of the hardest things for me to grow right now. <laughs> but oh my god, they are. But they're so they're tough on the outside. Juicy in the inside. It's like that's kind of like my personality. Is that I, with my staff, I come off very tough, but I'm really just honestly just soft as a cookie. And it's not like, <laughs> I really am. And then, um, and then the cool thing about tomatoes, they have so many seeds, and I think, um, mm. like so many seeds inside a tomato, and um, and they have to, you always have to, they, 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 you could, you know, I hope that I'm planting a lot of seeds in a, in a world. And then the last thing. Is that there's always a debate between whether it's a fruit or a vegetable, <laughs> and, and that's kind of cool because a lot of people always say like you're in your own category, Mario. Like, like <laughs> so, tomatoes are like literally, you know, it's a vegetable or whatever. I don't know. Um, and so fruitable. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, you, so, you just I literally like blew my mind. I just want to say that because uh, I never would have gotten that. If you said ma- tomato, I'd be like, all right, yeah, mater sandwich, a little salt and pepper, mayonnaise, and white sure. bread. I mean, it's I can get down with that. So. But wow, I never nobody's <laughs> ever explained it that well. <laughs> now I can see why you're called profound. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well done, uh, sir. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. That was fun. I like the ten. Ten and one. All right. Cool, <laughs> man. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, we appreciate you coming on. All right. Well, thank you, Mario, for being on the show. We appreciate it. Had a good time. Tomato. Who would have who would have ever thought tomato? Is it, but is it tomato or tomato? Oh. You forgot that part. There is the question. Awesome. Well. You, you spell with an E or just straight up O? <laughs> I'm straight up O guy. <laughs> Me too. I don't I know where that. I don't know how the whole controversy of the E thing. <laughs> remember, remember Dan Quayle and the potato potato? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's a, that wraps up another show. Thank 40, you guys number for Number 49. Next week, old yes. number 50. Old 50. 50. <laughs> anyway, we appreciate you guys tuning in as always. You can go to iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Uh, just look for Southern Fry Philosophy on there. Um, subscribe is the main thing. Mm-hmm. And also give us a review. Yep. And uh, also share the episodes that you like when through social media. We really appreciate you doing that. Mm-hmm. Also go to Facebook at Southern Fry Philosophy, at our website at uh, southernfryphilosophy.com. And also on the uh, Twitters and Instagram at SFP Radio. And I'll always, I'll re- remind you, like I every time we do this YouTube video or the YouTube, <laughs> <laughs> my goal to have that down pat by fifty. So. Also, uh, just some housekeeping things. If you want a Southern Fried Philosophy sticker, um, you can go to you can just email us at sfpradio at gmail dot com. You can get that sticker. You can put it anywhere you want and take a sna- uh, picture of it. Either Snapchat it, Instagram, Facebook it, email it, however you want to do it. Uh, send it back to us with a hashtag SF, SFP Radio, and uh, you can possibly win a T-shirt. So we'll, we're giving those away. And if you want to buy one, you can also email us at sfpradio at gmail.com until we get that up on our website. So they're really cool. They're Syrup Life shirts, so I, I really enjoy those. I think they're cool. Um, all right, well, that's our show, and as always, keep looking up. <laughs>